0: Another week, another movie. I guess we're doing Platoon this week, but instead of actually doing a a cold open that has anything to do with Platoon, um, Empire Magazine has released a reader's poll of the quote, 100 greatest films of all time. Is it of all time? Of all time. That's what (laughs) this says. Uh. Uh, the, the, The opening paragraph on the list says the greatest movies of all time endure all kinds of reasons for all kinds of reasons they made that definitive now uh, I believe we all have something to complain about for this list so we're just gonna bitch about a list of a hundred movies for a couple of minutes yeah I have uh, two very specific bitches and these are my main bitches okay Okay, number one is number one. Lord of the Rings, Fellowship of the Ring. Right. I love Lord of the Ring. But you didn't even get the best of the three as right. the Lord of the Rings that you picked. Like they went with Fellowship instead of Return of the King. Why? I feel like I feel like <sighs> Return of the King especially should be that pick if if it's going to be one of those, which it shouldn't be. Uh, Yeah. Return of the King should be that pick because Return of the King kind of uh, proves how well that you can make nine hours of film entertaining and it wins Best Picture and it's the culmination of everything and it's actually the best one. (laughs) Yeah. And Mm -hmm. uh, this is what they put when it comes to that. The Two Towers has the coolest battles. The Return of the King boasts the most batshit operatic spectacle, but Fellowship remains the most perfect of the three, matching every genius action beat with soul-stirring emotional one. What? Mm. What? What? No, you're wrong. So that's what I have to say about that. My other thing is this list was completely shit. To begin with, the second I saw Donnie Darko, even on, it.
1: <laughs> I love Donnie Darko, but I'm not putting anywhere near a hundred greatest list.
0: Zach, Mine. I love you, but you are wrong. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sorry for the movie that probably has the worst line in cinematic history. <laughs> no, this movie is mm. fucking garbage. Look, mm, I I don't have much love for Newport News's own Richard Kelly. <laughs> Donnie Darko is terrible. It's an awful film. <laughs> Fucking and, garbage. And I I even paid to go to a movie theater to watch the director's cut after knowing I don't like Donnie Darko. <laughs> Can you see... Joe, you're allowed to talk as much as you want. <laughs> Am I the only person here that likes Donnie Darko?
2: Zach
1: no, just said he I, likes it. Yeah, I, likes I like it. it. I just okay. wouldn't put it on a 100 greatest list. It's not even okay. my top personal 250, I don't think. But I.
0: That's fair. That's yeah. fair. That's fair. I, I don't even think it's in my top one thousand. I listen, I fucking hate gatekeeping more than I hate anything in anything. But if you like this movie, I question your <laughs> cinematic <laughs> taste. I'm not I'm not allowed to say that to anybody about anything <laughs> because of the things I like. <laughs> <laughs> this um
1: this list I I can't believe it's actually ranked by the actual results they got. I feel like somebody took the results and, like, jumbled it up in a a fishbowl and pulled things at random.
0: It feels so weird. Yeah, it's like... like, I don't know. It feels like... Did they even give them... like? Were these, like, the hundred movies that they told everybody they were going to put on the list? And then they let the audience pull from there? It feels...
2: like it feels like there's no rhyme or reason to any of this.
0: Like yeah. my my biggest problem with this list. Uh, yeah, I I want anybody else to speak before I just hijack the show. So, okay. anybody else have any specific complaints? I
2: or- I I have several. Okay, <laughs> so if we scroll up to the top of the list, uh, number one hundred. Is Reservoir Docks. Now I know this isn't everyone's favorite Quentin Tarantino movie, but it's like the first like Tarantino at his his peak, you know? And then right after that, 99, this is supposed to edge out his, you know, like first masterpiece, Groundhog Day, with Bill Murray. Um Also, another one that stands out to me, if you scroll down to number, where the hell is it? Um, Number 23 is 2001 A Space Odyssey. So, a masterpiece of a film. Uh, I think everyone can agree with that. Do you know what edges that out? (laughs) Fucking Avengers Endgame.
0: Ugh, it's Why? Why is that even close to the 100? It's it's not even in the top 100 comic book films. And I don't even think there's been 100 comic book films. Well, I'm going to so, say something here. Go ahead. I enjoyed at least 75% of Endgame.
2: I love Endgame. <laughs> I, I think it's a fine think, film. It's not in my top 100.
0: I think 2001 A Space Odyssey is just like every other Kubrick movie. <laughs> it's like 50% good, maybe. Mm, well, <laughs> half of it. So.
1: I'm the, the resident Kubrick fanboy here. Uh, did I say Kubrick Kubrick,
0: whatever? It, it, it doesn't matter. He <laughs> this, doesn't deserve the respect enough to pronounce he, his last name. He's properly. dead. <laughs> uh, he doesn't listen
1: to podcast. What I will say before we start, I don't know, maybe it, I shouldn't even mention, but this empire list is my thought. My statement I made before we started recording is like every other movie seems to make sense. And then it's like random bullshit. At least five or six MCU movies in there. I think I'm probably overestimating the number, of them, but
0: well, there's but, one in the top ten, so the, you're not far
1: off. The <laughs> a lot the ones that I'm like okay that make kind of kind of make sense are largely reflected, like in the IMDb top 250. Like you know you got the Godfather up there. The Dark Knight is uh, number four on the IMDb list. Uh, <sighs> Shawshank. The I mean I understand they're popular popular movies and people vote them that way, but there's just so much random shit. Um, So Paul, I'll, I'll I'll follow your lead on what you have to say
0: here. I will say out of the top 10, all but one, maybe two of them are perfect films. I'll say but the top 10 isn't bad, but it's, but it's definitely 10. not 10 top 10 of all time here, here before, before we hide, before I hijack this, let's go ahead. And we're I'm going to start at one. We're going to go through the top 10. We'll, we'll talk about these real quick. So it's sure. Lord of the ring, the fellowship of the rings. Uh, again, the wrong Lord of the rings movie, put the Lord of the rings as a trilogy. First off as one, mm-hmm. pick. one pick end of story. If you're going to put fellowship of the ring on here, make it count for all three films. That I'll understand. Yes. I agree. They're, they're uh, yeah. so consistent. They're they 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 were shot together. They are practically one film. They should be they should be counted as one film. Yes, maybe I put it in the top ten just as a matter of. It is impossible to deny the impact, but I have so many notes about that when we get to two thousand three that I don't want to give them all away the right now. That's yeah. fair. Yeah. Um. So, uh, number two again. Star Wars The Empire Strikes Back, and then Star Wars is like number 11, yeah. a, a quote-unquote, a new hope. Um, again, make that trilogy one pick. Yeah, it's, it's less cohesive than Lord of the Rings, but that's generally what we do when we put, like, Star Wars is number 14 on the AFI list or something like that, mm-hmm. uh, somewhere around that number. And they just put Star Wars because they... Everybody just assumed, oh, well, I mean, Empire and Return are also very good. There's no point in wasting three picks yeah. on a trilogy. Make it one pick. Absolutely, Star Wars belongs in the top ten.
1: I agree. I, that's what I do with my like personal ranking list. It's like just, just with the trilogy. Except I make yeah. an exception for
0: the Matrix, but anyway. I make an exception for the Godfather because you don't want to count three. <laughs> right. That's right. so one and, and and one and two are such different films. Yeah. They're they, they have different narrative functions and they tell well, like a straight saga story. They, they tell it in completely different ways that I feel like they deserve to be two different films. No Godfather. Number three, absolutely belongs to the top 10. No. Number four, the dark Knight. I saw The Dark Knight seven times in the movie theater. The Dark mm-hmm. Knight is possibly my favorite film of the two thousands. It is incredibly good. It is amazing. It is not one of the top ten greatest films. Of all time. No, <laughs> <laughs> I, <laughs> I'm so glad you said it, Paul. I was gonna say it.
2: I wanted. I'm glad I have your back. I,
0: top fifty, maybe top twenty five.
2: I, I, it's up there, but it's not yeah. top ten. It's not think, number four.
0: I think yeah. The Dark Knight getting any showing. In the top one hundred at all is really good for that film. Uh, to to be like <laughs> the Dark Knight is better than anything Akira Kurosawa did, anything John Ford did, is wild to me. Even saying the Dark Knight is better than the film that inspired it, Heat, is wild <laughs> to me. <laughs> like that's such a weird thing. Uh, number five, The Shawshank Redemption is belongs in the top ten. It's, Perfect. It's one of the most amazing films ever. Yeah. Uh, Jaws. Jaws, I have a hard time saying should be in the top 10, but it is a perfect film. It's a perfect film. It's iconic. It's understandably, because again, this is an audience poll. It makes sense that that's in there.
2: Yeah. I put it, it in my top 20 at it's, least, or 15.
0: It's, it's possibly one of my top 20 favorite films of all time. I don't know. I say it's even putting it as Spielberg's best film is. Is yeah. where is kind of where I have a hard time because I'm yeah. like Jurassic Park. exists. I think Schindler's List and Saving Private Ryan are both in this list, and I'm like, Ugh. yeah. Uh, but I have many, many more notes on those again. Yeah, I again Pulp Fiction I love, but I have a real hard time saying it should be one of the top ten best films of all time. Wow. I. It's not my favorite Tarantino. Yeah. Top twenty-five for me, but not even my not even my favorite film in nineteen ninety-four. Mm-hmm. That one's a tough one for me, just because I am just such a fan of dialogue and oh, is Tarantino's yeah. like dialogue perfection film. And and he was he did things in that film that people weren't doing, but yeah, uh, somewhere in the top fifty, yeah, Pro- probably low low f- in the forties for me, maybe, but knowing where Tarantino goes. <laughs> What <laughs>
1: laughing at the next
0: number the next yeah. yeah. Oh god. Fuck what are we doing? That I is, like
2: this film a lot, I but it is it nowhere so... it is it would be
0: maybe in 52. Avengers Infinity War isn't even the best film with Avengers in the title. <laughs> that, I mean that would be the nineteen ninety eight uh Sean Connery <laughs> film. I'm so glad uh, you said that <laughs>
2: I was going to say it
0: <laughs> is though. It's I I do not like Infinity War. Uh, I'm sure me and Adam Llanes Garcia made enough yeah <laughs> enough yeah. of that on the uh, Cuckoo's I, Nest episode. I I like it uh, enough to
1: maybe be in my top 500. <laughs> I my personal top I, 500, but
2: it would maybe crack. It would be like in the 100 to 90 range maybe for me.
0: Mm. Mm. It, but no, doesn't even it doesn't touch it, a list for me. It, <laughs> no, it I like and I and I kind of like Infinity War, but I like it a
2: lot. I, I mean, would like it to be more in a if top it wasn't 100 of <laughs> everything, like
0: especially top 10 you need to be a perfect film. And this yep. movie has like one scene that immediately drew me out of it. So, yeah. yeah it, was, it, it wasn't it, even in my top 50 of 2018. It's not making a list. Yeah. The biggest Puzzle.
1: crossover event in cinematic history. I'm just tired of hearing that. I don't care. It's like whatever. All yeah. right,
0: Raiders. Let's let's throw a bunch of let's throw a bunch of IP on screen and not give half of them any storyline. So yeah. it it's so amazing. Anyway, yep. Uh, so number nine is Raiders of the Lost Ark. This uh, this is deserved for me. I think it's pretty up there for me. It'd be at least in my top twenty. And again, we got two Spielberg films in the top ten, which I just don't think are the two Spielberg films I put in the as right his now. best. No, you know. I, listen, I love, I love Indiana Jones, but I love it as, um, as a popcorn movie. Yeah, yeah. It's, and I don't see anything like it's anything fun and special. It's, yeah, it's fun, and there's nothing wrong with it. It is no. tight. It is smart. It is good, and you know. I ten, wonder top if, 10. We're ten. talking all time. <laughs> okay. I wonder if people would vote differently if this was called
1: the 100 Greatest Films instead of the 100 Greatest, 100 greatest Movies. Do, do people think any differently when you differentiate those words?
2: Mm. <laughs> I don't okay. Know. I, on retrospect, I know I said top 20. I, I, maybe top 50. Yeah, I
0: yeah. think. Yeah. yeah. Raiders, that's like that, I don't think that's a 20. fair spot. Yeah. yeah. I think that's a fair spot. I yeah. mean, yeah. let me... Uh, Let me consort with a couple other lists. I have a couple of lists. (laughs) All right. So when AFI did it in 98, uh, Raiders. Are those your handwritten notes there? Some of these are handwritten. That's that's a different (laughs) thing, though. Okay. Um, Okay. So this one's actually printed on cardstock because I'm that nerd. Raiders. I didn't think it was that far down. Uh, number sixty on AFI's ninety eight list, uh, which I feel is good. Yeah, again, like being in the top one hundred of all time is is nothing. Yeah, it's gonna be nothing. good. Yeah, I mean, it's no knock on anybody. Like you can be number one hundred. You're still in the one hundred greatest films of all time. I watched. I've watched just 150 brand new films that came out in 2021. It's not like there's any shortage of films. Yeah. And I'm nowhere near close to having seen every film that came out this year at 150, which is so wild to me. Yeah. Uh, 66 on the 2008 list. At one point, I had the... Uh... Oh, there we go. Yeah, but I mean... So we're going all time, and and they're, they're more... Um world global than afi is of course but i mean like entertainment weekly in like 99 or 2000 did a 100 greatest of all time list and they did their their top 10 looks like this one godfather citizen kane casablanca chinatown raging bull la dolce vita the godfather part two gone with the wind some like a hot singing in the rain
1: like like when you were talking about recency bias it's like this this is exactly what i
0: wanted to hijack on here was that i people think too small they they don't give a lot of thought to anything outside of their bubble and a lot of our bubble is we were born in the 80s and brought up on 80s movies And then raised in the 90s. So we were watching 90s movies as children. So those are the films that are exciting to us. And then as we became adults, we started getting into this new era of comic book films. So as adults, you know, our our teens through our adulthood, we're starting to get stuff like Blade and X-Men and Spider-Man, you know. And so that really does something to shape people's brains to where they can't go outside of that bubble. And the fact that there are probably only like six or seven movies on this whole list that were made before 1970 is such a ridiculous thing for me. Yeah. When This is the greatest of all time. And right. Great films like Nosferatu aren't on here or uh Fritz Lang's Metropolis or Wizard of Oz is not on this list. The Wizard of Oz is not on this list. Yeah. Yeah. What? Yeah. <laughs>
1: like like the, there are tons of great movies on here, but I I don't understand Joe brought this up earlier. Like on on what planet do you have the same group of people? It can't be the same group of people that are voting 2001 a space odyssey at number 23 and then yeah. Endgame at 22. It's like it doesn't correlate. It doesn't make sense. Why? Yeah. They, they're not must... even in the same league.
0: Yeah. And we're and not A- even
1: the same taste. I mean
0: Yeah. A- aliens is at number seventeen and then Alien is at number twenty one. We're we're not even thinking outside of genres half of the time. It's all big budget genre filmmaking. Mm-hmm. Uh, Terminator 2 is here in the top 25 which you know I think there's there is a really good argument that Terminator 2 should be in the top 100 films of all time and I don't really like that film Inceptions in the top 20 of all time it's not even Chris Nolan's second best movie
1: Do have to shout out Eternal Sunshine of the Spotless Mind number 36 because that's my favorite movie I'm glad uh, it's on the list
0: but I I love that film I love Die Hard Die Hard does not belong on this list (laughs) Here's here's Heat at number 30, the film that I was <laughs> I referenced earlier. Like, it's so wild. Interstellar's on this list, and that's not even in Christopher Nolan's top ten films. Like that's that's over exaggeration, but nonetheless, <laughs> here's your love is magic movie. <laughs> there it
2: is. <laughs> you know what the biggest crime is?
0: Huh. The thing
2: is number thirty two instead of number one. That is that is a massive crime. Yeah, I know, right? Obvious, some obvious bias.
0: but uh, And the Shining's on here. Why?
1: I do like Do the Right Thing at number 47. That feels like a pretty good spot.
0: See, I think Do the Right Thing should be in the top 20 easily. Hey,
1: look, Vertigo at number 50. Wow, it's a movie that, from before 1960.
2: Someone, someone yeah. on TikTok was defending this list. How and could you? I, like, I as, don't know. I and I commented. <laughs> I commented. I was like, "Bro, this sucks." And they're like, you, "No, it's pretty good."
0: How do I you just, call yourself a fan of film uh, of all time? <laughs> how I just <laughs> I just
1: saw Point Break at fifty two. What the uh,
0: Point Break? And there's Forrest Gump. <laughs> Forrest Forrest Gump is two spots over Taxi Driver. Like. Mm why like i think the social network probably belongs 46 here. Schindler's, schindler's list guardians of the galaxy is on this <laughs> list god i uh-huh. like that film but it's not even in my top 100 uh i don't think there's a single one of the cornetto trilogy that's not in here and oh pan's labyrinth is on here that totally belongs in the top 100 yeah
1: <laughs> yeah Pan's Labyrinth. lawrence of arabia yeah sure Get i like out. edgar that's wright nice. but
2: i don't know if his films scratch my top 100 Uh, Number 64, La
1: La Land. How about... (laughs) Jesus Christ. God. Seven
2: Samurai at 65. Gets beat out by La La Land. Oh, wait, wait, wait. We have Lawrence of Arabia here. Yeah. At 60-fucking-2. Right, like... I don't understand.
0: Seven Samurais at 65, a film that literally inspired pretty much the Western genre of the 1960s. Like, there's... No, Sergio Leone without Seven Samurai. Yeah. It's it's so wild to me. One Flew of Cuckoo's Nest is here singing it. Singing Lady the Bird. Rain.
1: That's a random kind of pick. I mean, I know Greta Gerwig is your girl, but Lady Bird being on this. It's season, not, not weird. that
0: good. I don't think I, it is. It's it's so good. It's close to perfect. But if I'm going to put one of Greta Gerwig's films in here, it's going to be Little Women. Yeah, I would agree. But I love Lady Bird so much, and there's Inglorious Bastards. Spider-Man into the Spider-Verse ups in here, which I have a lot of thoughts on, and we're not—I'm not going to cover for Rear Window, seventy-two.
1: What Train spotting.
2: Sorry, Trav. This is a long uh, thing, but sorry, it needs to be talked about. We're off the rails.
0: Yeah, like so. So we're in here with here's a quiet place and Arrival and Return of the Jedi because that's the third of those that's in here. Like I love all three of those films. I do not think they are A Quiet Place is so fucking good. It's it's not the top 100 of all time. All time. No way. And it's and
2: it beats out Psycho by like yeah, five places. What?
0: Yeah. And and here's here's the uh, The Usual Suspect directed by serial rapist Brian Singer. Like <laughs> Why is any Brian Singer on this list? As much Thor as I Ragnarok. like the usual <laughs> Thor Ragnarok. The 100 greatest. <laughs> oh my god. Why? Uh, I love Shaun of the Dead. Black There's Black Panther. Black Panther which should probably be the highest Marvel film on this list. Exactly. If we're going to let any Marvel films on this list, Black Panther should be occupying the highest spot for a Marvel film. Uh. Exorcist, Titanic, I'm okay with No Country. It's shaky for me because I haven't have I seen any other cohen Brothers up to this point. Is Fargo on here? I didn't see Fargo. Was The Big Lebowski on here? I love No No Country, but like (laughs) Blood Simple, Mm. Raising Arizona. Yeah, this list is hot garbage, bro. Logan, Logan is is on this list. Portrait
1: of a Lady on Fire. That's that's a new one. I haven't even seen, but it seems.
0: I hear, it's, I hear it's phenomenal, but are we really going to call it one of the 100 greatest films of all time? It's too much <laughs> recency bias. It's, people just don't think about these things. They don't think about historical context <laughs> means so much when talking about film. And to just be like, oh, well, I like Marvel movies, so they should be considered one of the 100 greatest films of all time because fuck Mark Scorsese. What the fuck is wrong with you? At least Joker isn't on the list. Oh, Oh my God. fucking God. I, that. I, I,
1: Amelie. I love Amelie. I love Amelie. I, it, Miss Paddington 2
0: for you. <laughs> I, I don't know if it's Jean-Pierre Cheney's best film. I swear it's
2: Wonder Woman 1984. Uh, That's Zach's or, favorite film. Um,
1: He's l- joking. He's joking. <laughs> <laughs> you and yeah. your jokes, Paul.
0: I am a, I, I am
1: the Joker. That Serena Williams commercial is better than the whole Wonder, Wonder well, Woman. Well, of course 19th. it is.
0: Have you seen Serena Williams? She is one of the most gorgeous human beings that's ever existed. Yes. And nice very, meaning
1: the cinematography is better on that commercial than the movie.
0: I mean, that's incorrect, <laughs> but yeah. Anyway, there's Paddington yeah. 2. Well, yeah. we'll end this on Paddington 2 should probably be at the top 100 greatest films of all time. <laughs> um along with uh, Clifford the Big Red Dog which tells us that love is magic. Yeah. Yeah. I'll
1: I'll just repeat myself over and over again. This list is so fucking weird. Yeah. Half it's- maybe maybe a third of the stuff on here is deserving, but the order is so odd. Yeah. I I agree. I they need to scrap it out and redo however they tabulated these votes.
0: Yeah. Or we
1: just need to put down our fucking phones, Ridley Scott.
2: they will notice that there's no author attached to this. I wonder why.
0: Because no one wants to take responsibility. <laughs> that's a, that's probably half of the, the point, but I think the other point is that they want, they want the readers to be the author. Fuck the readers. That's kind of how I feel. La La Land is on this list, and that's good enough for me to say fuck anyone. <laughs> Uh, You guys want to talk about a movie? Yeah, let's talk about a movie. Hello, all you beautiful people out there in podcast land. My name is Paul Workman. I'm Jonathan Pierce. I'm Zach McCoy. And we are your Oscar Grouches. Welcome back to the Oscar Rhapsody Podcast, a show where we discuss Oscar winners throughout history and try to determine where the Academy went wrong, if they went wrong, and what film are we watching this week?
1: Zach, we're watching Platoon. We're going back to NOM, boys. Before Charlie Sheen learned what winning was, Oliver Stone had to show him what it felt like to lose.
0: And helping us discuss Platoon this week is returning guest and friend of the podcast, Mr. Joseph Tapia. Hello and welcome. Hello. hello. Hi, Joe. Always, always wonderful to have you.
2: Well, thank you. I'm glad to be back.
0: Uh, So is this everybody's first time watching this film? No. No. Big old no for me. Of course, I'm the weirdo. You fucking weirdo. (laughs) You're a weirdo. Uh, Joe, do you remember your first time seeing this film? Um,
2: it's been a while. Um, <clears throat> I think I probably watched this when I was 18, 19, so more than a decade. Uh, I haven't seen it. So,
1: Zach? this is one that uh was on TV a lot. Uh, I'm sure I saw my stepdad watching it sometime when I was in middle school um so i'd seen some tv versions but i finally saw the actual unedited film around 2006 or 2007 when i got an oliver stone box set for christmas one year yeah how about you paul
0: uh this was another one of those ones that uh i i asked my parents for vhs uh movies the best pictures and they my dad got me this one yeah Started quoting it when I opened it. Uh, (laughs) uh, To this day, I can hear my father saying, the only one who can kill Barnes is Barnes. Barnes. (laughs) Um, Yeah, so that that was it for me. All right. Let's do an Oscar breakdown. it It is a very judgmental March 30th, 1987. Thank you. Uh, Yep, that's that's how it felt, I think. I don't know. Who cares? Um, (laughs) I care. Uh, (laughs) We are still at the Dorothy Chandler Pavilion, Los Angeles, California. Our hosts for the evening are Chevy Chase, Oscar winner Goldie Hawn, and Oscar nominee Paul Hogan. Crikey. Whoa. Uh, We are still on ABC for anybody keeping track of that. Our most nominated films on the evening are Platoon and A Room with a View with 8. And our most awarded film on the evening is Platoon at 4. Oh. Our winners for the evening, Arnold copelson gets Best Picture for Platoon, beating out Children of a Lesser God, Hannah and Her Sisters, The Mission, and A Room with a View. Oliver Stone wins Best Director for Platoon, beating out David Lynch for Blue Velvet. Paul Newman, the year after picking up an honorary award, finally, after seven tries, gets his Competitive Academy Award winning Best Actor for Martin Scorsese's The Color of Money. So be sure to listen to Third Sazy. Hear us talk about the color of money this week. Yes! Uh, spoiler alert, it's green. The color, the color of money is green. Yes, and so is the label
1: on his uh Caesar salad dressing.
2: Oh,
0: <laughs> Maybe. I don't know. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Charlie Sheen, not nominated for Best Actor. Uh, Best Actress goes to Marley Matlin, Children of a Lesser God, making Mm -hmm. her the first deaf performer to win an acting award. Mm -hmm. I I don't know if she is the last, but she is the first. Uh, She beats out Kathleen Turner uh, playing Peggy Sue Mm -hmm. And Nicholas Cage's uncle's Francis Ford Coppola's Peggy Sue got married. Whoop, whoop. Also starring Francis Ford Coppola's nephew Nicholas Cage. Mm-hmm. Excellent. Gotta have that. And Scorpius Weaver gets nominated for Aliens. Just the thing. Yeah. Which was what the seventeenth greatest film of all time, according to the <laughs> fans at <of> Empire. <laughs> <laughs> All right, best supporting actor goes to Michael, Caine. Okay. Michael Hannah, Kane. Okay. Hannah and her sisters. <laughs> and you know what this performance did, right? It blew the bloody doors off. <laughs> I told you not to blow the bloody doors now. She was only. 16. She was she, only. She <laughs> <laughs> I will not bury any more Batman. <laughs> All right. And and Michael when he Caine. gets loud. He gets very loudly indeed. <laughs> <laughs> Michael yeah. Kite beats out Tom Beringer and Willem Defoe for Platoon. I I have to assume that Defoe and Behringer split the vote because <laughs> Defoe yeah. should have won this award. <laughs> yeah. Ah oh, man, that's a tough call. It is a tough over call for Behringer. Like, oh man. And I think that's why they split think, the vote. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I mean,
2: I think it was a weird
0: acting decision for
2: him to in the middle of battle, scream, I'm going to Vietnam, Spider-Man! But, you know, other than that, it was a perfect performance.
0: <laughs> or when he's got his arms up in the air, yelling, there was a firefight! <laughs> <laughs> it was weird. It's
1: very weird. You know, I'm a bit of a soldier myself.
0: <laughs> Just a bit. All right. Best Supporting Actress goes to Diane Weist for Hannah and her sisters. Wiest! Uh, Somehow, Platoon not nominated in this category. (laughs) God. (laughs) Um, Best screenplay written directly for the screen goes to Albie Singer, picking it up for Hannah and her sisters, beating out Oliver Stone for Platoon and Oliver Stone and Richard Boyle for Salvador. Interesting. Uh, Also, uh, just in case anybody needs to know, I mentioned Academy Award nominee Paul Hogan at, at, as the host. Yeah, Academy Award nominee Paul Hogan for Crocodile Dundee. <laughs> <laughs> what? Paul the Hogan Oscars are drunk. Paul Hogan, Ken Shady, and John Cornell. Screenplay and story by Paul Hogan. <laughs> Best screenplay written directly for the screen. Crocodile Dundee. <laughs> I. Wow. Who says? Who says the Academy doesn't respect comedy? (laughs) I do. (laughs) I know you do. You're not wrong. Okay. Um, Best screenplay based on material from another medium goes to a room with a view. Uh, Best foreign language film goes to the assault going to the Netherlands. Ouch. Best documentary feature ends in a tie this evening. (gasps) Artie Shaw. Time is all you've got. And Down and Out in America.
1: Sounds like they should be tied and somehow
0: titles together make sense. I mean, one movie's about a clarinetist, and the other one's about Reaganomics. Oh. Reaganomics! Reaganomics! (laughs) Cowabunga! (laughs) Countdown is on for America. Uh, best documentary short subject goes to women for America, <laughs> for the world. Good for that. Uh, see, we missed out on that one. Yeah. Uh, we, we, that's again, two I've missed out on. I missed out on the, uh, all the kids. Now so, I've missed out on, because I'm not yeah, a woman. I mean, boys boys and girls is the Boys and girls. Out. That was it. Yeah. 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 So mm, does that, I mean, I'm just never going to get my fucking ass. That this, this is your, uh, your birth year, right? Yes.
1: I wasn't born at the time of the ceremony though. Uh,
0: mm. Well, no, you would have been born at the time of wait. Oh, wait, wait,
1: eighty six. Yeah, there's a movie. Yeah, yeah so this so is eighty seven. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Um, okay. So uh best live action short film goes to precious images oh. going to going to Chuck Workman. <gasps> hey, there's Uncle you. Chuck. <laughs> Congratulations, Chuck. It's nice to see a workman doing something for once. <laughs> Instead of being a bum. Which is what I am. So it's not just a shitty name. <laughs> uh, I believe um, uh, Pugsley from the Barry Sonnenfeld Adams family movies is named like Jimmy Workman or something like that. Oh. Uh there's a pitcher for the or used to play for the Red Sox named Brandon Workman. I I know all of them by heart because you I never see Workman. doing anything we're just a bunch of bums you remember that really hope my dad doesn't listen (laughs) (laughs) i'm just joking dad um okay best animated short film goes to greek tragedy beating out luxo jr the first pixar short the pixar lamp yep yeah uh best sound effects edit oh nope sorry i skipped ahead a little too far
2: uh
0: our uh next category best original score brings us to our podcast within a podcast john williams oscar watch john williams not nominated again damn it what is he doing yeah you bum where are you john um And he would have lost to Herbie Hancock for Round Midnight. Congratulations, Herbie Hancock. I love some Herbie Hancock, getting funky with it. I should have looked up to see if Herbie Hancock is the first Uh, black composer to win best original score. Hmm. I did not look that up. So maybe I'll get back to that. I I really like this category. I'm going to run it down real quick, right? All right. Herbie Hancock beats out James Horner for Aliens. Hmm. Great score. Uh, he beats out Jerry Goldsmith, who we all love, for Hoosiers. <laughs> Just a fun film. Uh, beats out Ennio Morricone for The Mission. And finally, Leonard Rosenman for Star Trek 4 The Voyage Home. Hmm. <laughs> category. I love this category. But- <laughs> Zach, Zach looks like he has a note.
1: I was reading here, uh, Prince, you know, won, uh, was the only Black winner of the short-lived original song score. Herbie Hancock was the first and only until this
0: past year. Black oh, composer. Wow. I am i don't know why I sound shocked. That's not shocking at all. You know, yeah. Disappointing. Yeah.
1: Until John Batiste.
0: Oh, yeah. It, who shares the award because it's yep. him, him, and... Um, Reznor and Atticus Ross for Soul, right? Right. Mm. Yeah. All right. Uh, Best original song, a category I'm going to complain about now, Uh, goes to Take My Breath Away from Top Gun (laughs) by the the father (laughs) of disco, (laughs) Giorgio Moroder. Okay. Take
1: My Breath Away. Zach,
0: you looked very flabbergasted.
2: Do you think if uh, they had podcasts back in 1986 that there would be four guys complaining about that category back then?
0: I probably like, prob- right. Probably yeah. most I mean, they, they, I'm sure yeah. there
1: are guys sitting down in their ham radios like, oh, what the fuck? You see what <laughs> happened to Oscars? <laughs> yeah, they're freaking taking my breath. Like
0: <laughs> okay. Top Gun, though. Right. So I, I need to complain about this because of one song, first off. Yeah, you know exactly which I'm about to say. There's, the one that there's makes no me way. cry almost every fucking time. Well, one song that this beat that it should not have, which was Somewhere Out There from oh. An American Tale. Yeah. But like that second off, uh, it also beats Mean Green Mother from Outer Space from Little Shop of Horrors, which is the greatest <laughs> musical of all time. Third off, that is an Assassins. Um, there you go, Emily Williams. I brought up Assassins. <laughs> <laughs> Third off, do you know how much the band Berlin hated the song Take My Breath Away? (laughs) Berlin, a band who had been together for years and years and had a couple of really decent hits under their belt, got thrown this song and did not want to do it. And then they did it, and it was a song that they got known for to the point where the band broke up because they hated this song so much.
1: <laughs>
0: nice. Mm. I,
1: I Did they break up before the Oscars? <laughs> I, I, don't,
0: I don't remember. <laughs> um VH1 used to have this thing where they would try to get like 80s new wave bands back together <laughs> and they Not would a take video they would take around, a, like, it was a whole show. It was a whole show where they would just go find the members of these bands and try to get them to do, like, one concert together. <laughs> and they did one on Berlin. And the way that they would, they, they would approach these people and they would talk to them. They'd be like, hey, come, come do the concert. And they would take a copy of the record, like, their first record along with them, or a record that had a picture of the band on it. And uh-huh. have the band sign on their photo. A way of saying yeah i'm gonna come do this concert it's <laughs> <is> so weird <laughs> anyway they did a whole episode on berlin and
1: just neat yeah it's kind of sweet in a
0: way yeah it's just a weird show yeah all right back to it best sound effects editing aliens beating out star trek for the voyage home and top gun best sound goes to platoon uh best art direction goes to a room with a view Pew. Best Cinematography goes to The Mission, giving Chris Menges an Academy Award. Uh, Robert Richardson from Platoon was nominated. Platoon? Platoon. What's Platoon? Uh, best Makeup goes to The Fly. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> Although that's beating out legend, though, at the same time, is kind of oh, like, that's yeah. a fight. Planet Cave Bears is, is pretty good, too. That That's actually just yeah. a really stacked category. <laughs> yeah. Um, uh, best costume design goes to a room with view best film editing goes to platoon and best visual effects goes to aliens giving Stan Winston Academy award. So beating out little shop of horrors, Uh, our honorary award for the evening goes to Ralph Bellamy. For his unique artistry and to his distinguished service to the profession of acting. And to E. M. Al Lewis in appreciation for outstanding service and dedication in upholding the high standards of the Academy Motion Picture Arts and Sciences. And our Irvin G. Thalberg Award goes to our favorite current Oscar Bridesmaid, Steven Spielberg. Oh. Uh, who has been nominated three times now and has not won. Mm Mm-hmm so yeah. c- congratulations steve steve uh, you done good for yourself loyal. Mm-hmm. and that is our oscar breakdown
1: i always have to s- mention my mother-in-law went into labor while watching top gun in the theater
0: <laughs> that's like my sister's favorite was it the, movie was it the volleyball scene <laughs> i hope so i hope i hope she I heard really do hint. too I hope she heard that fucking Kenny Loggins song. <laughs> oh well, playing with the boys. And just, <laughs> just the dulcet tones of Kenny Loggins <laughs> popped. And the Five kids weeks just early. like, I'm out. Yep. Twins. Oh. Oh, oh, I'll well, be playing with the boys. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So let's go ahead and talk about this fucking movie. Let's talk about this movie. Um what a tough one. Yeah. What a tough it's fucking movie. So, yeah. so Joe and I watched this together. And at one point during the film, Joe turns to me and says, We really need, we really need like a Joker on this episode to bring in some, <laughs> some levity because holy shit, this movie. Yeah. yeah no,
2: it's, uh, <laughs> I was like exhausted. I was horrified. Well, it's horrifying and exhausting. Um just I uh I think there was one part at the beginning it was some Charlie Sheen narration. I think I turned to Paul and I was like, We get it all over stone, we get <laughs> you're being too overt here. Uh but other than that, like most of it is pretty subtle and very effective.
0: The hmm. the soundtrack. Is the only thing that makes me feel like it's a little heavy-handed.
2: Yeah, I actually I, love the soundtrack. It's sorry, not I bad,
0: know. but it just it it's like the one thing that pulls me away. Going, all right, I get it. Like you said, like
1: oh, you mean you're the, you're just the score, making it, the kind of yeah, the, the mel- score yeah little
0: melodramatic at times. Yeah, it's, it's it's just a bit a bit much. It it is kind of overwhelming from time to time. But I think it is an incredible score though. Yeah, yeah um that being said uh damn good movie but yeah yeah It it's just it's a tough watch just because like you know i'd always said i'm not a big war movie guy and i think a lot of that's because i never got to see a lot of the older ones um, yeah and i think the reason why i'm not a big war movie guy is because of movies like platoon that make me go can we just blow up the fucking planet now? <laughs> you know, <I> mean, <laughs> humans are just fucking garbage, and I hate every one of us. Yeah.
2: After After we finished the movie, I turned to Paul and I said, "You know, we should really watch a film from Empire's Top One Hundred
0: right now because <laughs> this movie wasn't on there. Yeah, nice I,
2: refresher."
0: Yeah, no, like, I, I don't know if there would have been a movie. Like, I went to bed after watching this movie because I was like, there's nothing that's going to be a pick-me-up after this. We we luckily watched Ron's day. Gone Wrong. We did.
2: <laughs> I actually prepared all my notes for Ron's Gone Wrong. I have no takes on Platoon,
0: actually. There, it just There is nothing, I thought, that after watching this movie to make me go, we deserve to live as a species. <laughs> So I was like I'm just going to go to fucking bed and start tomorrow all over again. <laughs> uh sheer nihilism. You got to love it. Yeah. yeah. Um hmm. but you know, as a film, I there are times where I feel like the acting sometimes is not the best. And I can tell you it is not from any of the I'd think main cast like it it for sure wasn't DeFoe. It wasn't Sheen. It wasn't Barringer. Like it was just a few of the secondary characters. I'm like, that's a little Woody. Um, yeah. And I know Paul's favorite part of the movie too. Oh, of course. Yeah. Uh, easily. It's Keith David. He's the it's- best part of every movie. <laughs> <he's-> <laughs> <Yep>. <laughs> but-
2: I, we were watching it and, uh you know, the part right before he gets onto the chopper, I was, I turned to Paul and I had forgotten what happened to the movie. Cause I hadn't seen it in like a decade. <laughs> and I was like, He's about to fucking
0: die, isn't he? Dude, I spent the entire time going, I'm going to hear a fucking explosion. It's going to be that yeah, helicopter yeah. going down. Like, like that's I- the kind of shit like you expect out of a movie like this where you're just like, no, you get no happy. You were allowed yeah. zero happy. Um, I, I will say I spent a lot of the time laughing at Kevin Dillon <laughs> because I actually enjoyed watching Entourage and just seeing Kevin Dillon not in Entourage. <laughs>
1: god is this character so disgusting though uh, yeah he's just yeah. a piece
0: of shit uh, yeah. especially but, when I mean, they're especially when they're in that village retaliating for the one soldier's death and he just cracks that dude's skull open he's like yeah. man i've never seen brains like that before <sighs> gross yeah i just there's really not many redeemable characters other than like Charlie Sheen and his crew, like the Charlie Sheen, Keith, David, and there was like the guy that played junior, even though he was kind of just an asshole. Mm -hmm. Everybody else was made out to be just the fucking worst of humanity. And yeah, I, I, it's just, that is a tough watch for me. It really is. Especially after the last few years, having to watch, you know, Western civilization as a whole collapse. Yeah. Seeing kind of that in film form mixed uh you know and also to think that a lot of this is based off of like Oliver Stone's actual experiences. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I mean, sure fictionalized in some way, but
1: a lot of a lot of veterans watched it and they're like, Yeah, that's reflective of of my experience. It's like, what the fuck? Really? Yeah. Yeah.
0: (laughs) Well, I I hope you weren't Kevin (laughs) Dillon. Yeah. Yeah.
1: (laughs) Tom Berenger. It's like fuck. I mean, yeah, no shit. What what part is reflective? The torching of the villages, the the killing and the raping. I mean, I guess It's... Yeah, it's horrible. And um, you know, we've danced around Vietnam a lot over the last couple decades of film. That's um,
0: well, because the movies themselves danced around Vietnam. None of them actually really showed more than five minutes of actual Vietnam. I mean, yeah, except for. <laughs> except for Apocalypse Now which even is still like a fever dream of Vietnam it's not right. or like
1: killing fields which is vietnam adjacent it's
0: like, yeah i mean other other films about vietnam star wars <laughs>
1: <laughs> uh, yeah but so this i mean this movie jumps into it i think um I think Jonathan, are you the one who who's not always a big fan of films with narration? But I think this one does it pretty well. It it,
0: it, it does it okay
1: by it's, making it in letters rather than him talking yeah, to the and, audience. I guess it's, which is and I think
0: and I think still, it's mostly used sparingly. It's, it it is it's it's barely used, and then it stops actually being used almost at the time when he would kind of stop, like he said when he had that conversation with Keith Davis, like, "Hey, you got anybody to write to?" He's like, "Nah, I'm good." Yeah. And that's yeah. kind of when it stopped. So it really did make sense. I still don't like it, but right.
1: I think though in this film, the the way they do it um helps keep it a brisk two hour movie. I mean just under two hours, um by not having to show mm. everything. You just stick right. to the nitty-gritty.
0: Oh yeah. And you know, pacing being a big thing for me, this fucking movie at no point slowed down. So no. this this one was like It wasn't rushed, but it just it was nonstop and it felt great just with how well paced it was. And if Um, I had uh, if I had one one thing to say about the narration is that uh, the one thing I don't like about the narration is that Oliver Stone uses it to just spell out the themes of the movie. in case
2: you are dumb or stupid or missed it like uh, like, here's what i want you to know
0: like i've i've said i've forgotten a lot of the narration stuff so i'm sitting there talking to joe about my thoughts on the themes of the movie i'm like yeah so this is essentially a film about the loss of innocence and and the battle for the soul and you know and and berenger is the good is the the evil demon and and Defoe was the angel, and and then immediately after I'm saying this, the, the last bit of narration kicks in, and he's like, yeah, so Elias and Barnes were fighting for my soul, as Raj would say. <laughs> <laughs> Why did I even talk? <laughs> uh, yeah. That's what I get for talking during movies. It's almost
2: uh, like Oliver Stone is like, yes, yes, I'm a Republican light. I'm so middle of the aisle. This is... I'm the chosen one to speak to these, these Reaganomics uh,
0: boomers, you know, like
2: (laughs) I can reach them.
0: So funny. Yeah. Also, it is kind of nice to, I feel like this is the first movie where I start to see the, uh, the more modern Hollywood in the set of like the actors that we're still seeing to this day. Mm -hmm. Um, I mean, Obviously, there are a few we don't see as much, you know, Behringer and Sheen, because fucking insane. But, uh, (laughs) (laughs) I mean, we get Tom Behringer and listen, what, Inception? Is that right? That sounds right. I know he's in one of the, yeah, that sounds right. Um, Keith David just shows up so that Paul has a favorite part of the movie. And God damn it, he's he's so wonderful. Yep. But then seeing guys like Forrest Whitaker, Johnny Depp, um And, of course, John McKinley. Ah, John McKinley. He's so good. <laughs> I love seeing him. Also, also love seeing... Cox, what are you doing, buddy? <laughs> also, love seeing Tony Todd. I was afraid that uh, somebody had said Candyman five times before they went to Vietnam and he showed yeah. up. Go ahead, Zach.
1: I was going to say, you talked a little bit about Oliver Stone kind of spelling things out. Some things were not so subtle. uh Other things... Um I I like them even though they were blatant, like the the guy who was torching um uh, some of the huts with the uh cross on the back of his helmet and, mm-hmm. and some of the scripture and stuff. It's like you know america and christianity and what are we doing here was
0: there any subtlety or subtext to this film at all i don't think so i don't think there's a single bit of subtext and if if you think there's subtext they'll explain it to you in the next five minutes (laughs) which which i kind of don't hate i kind of i kind of like that he's brazen enough to be like i'm just gonna tell you everything yeah (laughs) no the fact that they weren't trying to be subtle about anything in this film was I think it fits for this movie. Yeah. Yeah. Because this is supposed to be just grit. 100% grit in this movie. So you are just supposed to see just dark. dark. So I right. that, I mean, that's just all this movie is is dark. Yeah, it is. It is. <laughs> it is one man's descent into hell. Yeah. And the fight for his own soul to come out of hell in one piece. Yeah, And at no point does Oliver Stone want you to forget that. And I think that kind of works in the film's favor. Yeah. No, absolutely. Joe, you fall asleep over there?
2: No, I'm here. <laughs> um, I was just thinking how much Willem Dafoe absolutely got robbed. And uh, if I was Michael Caine in 1986, I'd be watching now. I'd like hire security guards. <laughs>
0: I you know what and don't get me wrong, I understand, but I feel like Behringer actually deserved it. He's over he, Defoe because okay. he's just he's like and, and I love William Defoe or Willem Defoe in this movie. I fucking do. I just fucking hated Behringer so okay. much. Listen,
2: listen, I turned to Paul and I was like, I've never wanted someone to die in a movie more than <laughs> this asshole right here. Yeah. The whole fucking yep. movie's just like, kill him! Shoot him! Yeah, I was screaming <laughs> at the screen.
0: The only character I've hated more than Barringer's was um, Benicio Del Toro in Fear of Loving.
2: It's the only oh, time yeah. I've ever hated a character <laughs> more.
0: <laughs> like, there is not a redeemable quality about this one fucking person. So, I just thought, like, if you're able to do that, like, it's not as bad as I am with Benicio, because I don't like Benicio Del Toro because of that movie. <laughs> he He did that role so fucking well. I don't like him in anything. <laughs> so banger, not that bad. but he he just he, they 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 wrote that character so fucking perfectly. they the makeup was fucking just made him be as scarred as possible to let you know. This is the bad guy. It is nobody else in this entire movie. Not even the other people they are shooting at are the bad guy. It is this one person is the villain. Yeah. And, and he played the villain fucking perfectly. And and every ill that comes to this platoon is because of him. Every. Yeah. Yes. Every, every domino that he sets, every, everybody who's kind of, entrenched with him in his squad in this platoon that causes trouble for other human beings. It all comes back to him.
2: And I, yeah. I think it's really interesting uh, when you take a character like Behringer and you kind of um, zoom out a little bit and you think about what Behringer represents and that whole system of bureaucracy and uh, this kind of corrupt leadership yeah. and, uh, I love the moment right before right before he dies where he says do it and there's not even like a split second. Yeah, and it just,
0: wasn't like, even thought about. He's like, Ugh. <laughs>
2: yeah. yeah.
0: So, the one thing I will give Willem Dafoe over Barringer is the fact that there's only one other person I think at this time could have played the Barnes role and it would have been just as good and that would have been Nick Nolte. Oh. Yeah. Yeah. Oh. Uh. Yeah, Ooh, that's working. Mm-hmm. That's working. All right. I like um, that. But with that said, Behringer still was fucking amazing by being just the worst. <laughs> oh, I had never seen anything with Tom Behringer. You need to see Major League. Or, okay. Or yeah. Rustler's Rhapsody. Okay, yeah. Yeah, and, yeah. Most
1: of the stuff I see with him is uh, like stock action stuff. So, I mean.
0: substitute. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, anything
1: you know interesting note about this movie um it killed jim morrison yeah (laughs)
0: apparently it did i'm sorry (laughs) what uh (laughs) Apparently stone wrote this back in like 1971 and handed it to Jim Morrison to play Charlie Sheen's character. Oh, that's right. That's <laughs> right. The, the Amazon started off with that as the fucking trivia at the beginning and, of the movie. And Jim Morrison, like Jim Morrison was found with it when, when they found his body. Yeah. <laughs>
1: yeah so way yeah, to I go, never... Oliver Stone. You're so dark. You close the
0: doors. And Hey! God damn it. hey. <laughs> and then he has the audacity to go do the Doors movie like five years. Later.
2: <laughs> <laughs> I feel like he has. He probably had some
0: sense of entitlement at that point. He was like, "Yeah, I fucking killed him." It's like I blew myself up in platoon, so I get to do the Doors movie. <laughs> <laughs> so I killed me, Agent Morse. <laughs> it was my atonement. <laughs>
2: Speaking of blowing up, um, the one thing that I think set Loam Defoe over Tom Berenger for me was he sells that scene where he dies and none of his fucking squibs go off. He's just like purely acting like just there's oh, no special effect
0: of all of the scenes. I get it. I understand, and it is a very again iconic scene, especially the moment when the arms go up. But again, zero subtlety, and just <laughs> it's so fucking heavy. Running for that, that moment. like, dude, come the uh, fuck on! They knew what they <laughs> were
2: doing. He, he was did. like, he was he saw the playback on that take, and he was like, yeah, this is gonna get me that Oscar. Yeah,
0: like seriously, if it was literally any other movie, I would have audibly yelled in a theater. Come the fuck on. Oh, come on. <laughs> but but because so it good. fits perfectly on this movie, it gets a pass but that does not give it anything <laughs> other than the pass <laughs> because it is just fucking heavy handed as shit. And Willem Dafoe, listen, that dude runs on a diet of scenery. Like that, that is all that dude knows how to eat. And he fucking does it in that. Yeah, movie. he does. But he's so good. He's. <laughs> He's you just know, so fucking ugly and I don't understand him. Oh, but so he's got such looking. a weird sex appeal in this film. It's so weird. Why am I attracted to that much ugly?
2: <laughs> you know what? I was thinking about this. I was thinking I was. I told Paul um, while we were watching, I was like, why don't I like Oliver Stone? And I think I figured it out. Oliver Stone reminds me his heavy-handedness reminds me of the same heavy-handedness that Rob Reiner has in his films now. <laughs> sure. Where it's like, have you seen the LBJ movie recently? I think oh, it came out a couple of years ago. No. And put, I mean, it's teetering on that level of like, oh, heavy-handedness.
0: See, that's the thing, though. Oliver Stone has zero fucking chill. Yeah, no subtlety. That's and, for sure. and it works when it works and it doesn't work like when you make natural born killers
2: yeah oh we were just talking about that
0: and and, and i kind of like natural born killers but it's definitely not a good fucking movie we we should have made we should have made this an oliver stone podcast called it no Uh stone unturned (laughs) (laughs) and i was even talking about any given sunday just yesterday that's a great film and, and another one, another one where like all the themes of it are just told to you, like yeah. immediately to your face. Where it's like, "Oh, come on, don't come at me with racism." No, it's not about racism. It's about places. <laughs> about races, places, it's faces. But I guess you know when when Al Pacino is your lead actor, you're not going to get a lot of subtlety there either. Oh yeah, especially that and that time frame of that because that's <laughs> devil's advocate Pacino right there. Yeah, just a couple of really. years later. <laughs> Ooh, ah, we got Terry, those bricks for all <laughs> right. Any of the other notes anybody has for this film? Zach, you've been kind of quiet on this one.
1: Yeah. I mean, everybody else has kind of been saying what I've been thinking. Um,
0: we've, we've Oliver stoned all your thoughts. <laughs> Stop it.
1: <laughs> it's, it's bleak. It's, uh, well shot though. Well edited. It, it won the editing or didn't it? Yes. I think it yes. deserved it.
0: Yep. Um, I I would have thought did it get nominated for cinematography? Because I yes, felt that it was really good. Okay. It did. But it lost to the mission, which I'll get there. Fair enough. There. Um
1: Yeah. <laughs> you know. I we won't get to really talk about um the next movie in this Vietnam trilogy. I mean, we can mention it. I'll talk about it a little bit the year, but pairing this with like Born on the Fourth of July, it's I think they're great and important films and um,
0: I'm glad they exist, even if they're hard to watch. Mm-hmm. So. I, I would also pair this with a uh, dead presidents, the Hughes brothers film, mm-hmm. another, another great Vietnam film. And with, with the staggering amount of black actors in this film, dead presidents fits with it really well.
1: Sure. Oh yeah. I was going to say one, one thing I, I was reading. Um, mentioned this is one of the first kind of best picture winners that we that does have a significant black cast um wallace terry who's a journalist vietnam veteran author of a book that the defy bloods is based on Mm -hmm. i was reading the notes here where it said he kind of criticized some of the caricatures of the of the characters but i i don't know keep keep david uh, he's got the air of himself but he's such a Rich character, I think he's
0: mm-hmm.
1: part, yeah, part we, of the conscience of the film.
0: To to be fair, when we meet him, he's he's writing a letter and misspelling everything and talking yeah. about how the woman. <laughs> the woman he's writing to doesn't know how to read very well anyway. Like, what is the line? What does he say exactly? He's like, he's like she can barely read anyway, or something like that. Yeah. Yeah. I I'll uh
1: listen to Wallace Terry, uh William and Mary friend. <laughs> um because he's a black man with served in vietnam so
2: yeah
1: yeah um defy bloods you know watch this movie with that too then you get
0: the, the full picture defy bloods is incredible it's especially since defy bloods also deals a lot with the aftermath of the vietnam war in modern day and how the ghosts of the vietnam war still kind of haunt that country to this day all right well Paul, is this movie in the library? It is in the library. Uh, finally. What, we have like five weeks in a row. Uh, last week we got in, didn't we? Did we? Know, Amadeus no. got in. Yeah. Amadeus. Yeah. No, not last week. Oh, two weeks ago. Two weeks ago. Sure. So, no, not last week. But yeah, so we took a week off, but we're back. So, all right. Please, gentlemen, give me a year. And Joe, if uh, you you need a slight reminder. The film can only go in 10 years prior. So, or 10 years. 10 years after the release date. After the release date. So, 1996 is the first year that this film is eligible to go into the National Film Registry. So, it is in there. It is. Okay. Gotcha. So, I'm just looking
2: for a year. Okay. You guys go first. I'm thinking.
0: I pick a lot first. You go ahead.
1: I, um, okay, so I've got a two quick part. I feel like if it went in the year that it should have, it would have been a 2006, but I don't feel like
0: it would Congress.
1: Have been 90, oh, go on, sorry. 96 was the first year eligible. Yeah. But I feel like it, 2006 would have been appropriate for this film. Mm. But I don't think Congress would vote it in during, like, Afghanistan, the Iraq War, because they're not, uh, good enough to conscientious enough to do that. It would have been too, uh, darkly ironic or something. So I'm saying
0: 2015. Hmm. Um, I didn't overthink it because I think the, uh, Congress is literally just throwing a fucking dart at a wall. <laughs> so I went with 2009.
2: Hmm. Okay. Um, now I'm rethinking my pick. Um, Zach, you said 2000... 2015
1: is uh, the year I'm actually picking.
2: Okay. Um, I, Jonathan, you said
0: 2009. I'm going to do 2004. I thought he was going to go uh, 2010 just to be that ass. All right. <laughs> Are you all ready to be hella shocked? Sure. <laughs> Zach won the price is right. Oh! So I'm not what? hella shocked. <laughs> Yeah. 2019 Jesus. wow wow this has only been Ugh. in for two years right now and we haven't got the new class yet we, mm. we're expecting it here in the next couple of weeks though yeah um Whew. so um yeah uh 2019 uh also from this year going in our uh fruit our fake fruit factory fruits basket a documentary short subject ferris that's, bueller's that's an anime yeah. <laughs> ferris bueller's day off which somehow goes in five years before this film so um, congratulations charlie sheen your 1986 looking real nice yeah um hoosiers goes into in 2001 yeah 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 that, that's about right um luxo jr animated short subject Uh platoon of course Precious images a short subject compilation that goes in in 2009, Jonathan okay uh, she's gotta have it Spike Ooh. Lee's first film since we were bringing Ooh. up uh, since we were bringing up to five Bloods Spike Lee's latest and that goes in the same year at 2019 That's, wow. uh, Sherman's March, a documentary which is the earliest film of this year to go in in 2000 and finally for some reason, Top Gun why it made money um i just i just want to point out that it's about the most america film I, of the decade so i just want to point out that an american tale is not one of the films that i just i listed know. off and top gun is so. well let's think about it how much don bluth is actually in there uh so far none we will find out if any in the next few years. Well, because I guarantee you almost none of his 90s output would go in. Yeah. Ah, come on, All <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, let me do a quick recap of the Razzies of that year. <laughs> oh, <God. laughs> so I don't know how much people know about uh, the year 1986, but does anybody want to take a guess on the worst picture of the year? Oh,
1: Labyrinth. <laughs> no, nah, I know they wouldn't
0: vote that. But <laughs> You're not I, wrong. I, but you are wrong. <laughs> I couldn't even begin to guess. Honestly, Me either. there was a tie. No. Of course, there was Why between there be? "Under the Cherry Moon," the Prince movie, okay, uh, and Howard the Duck.
2: Oh, oh wow! Yeah. <laughs> that came out that year.
0: Oh, Jesus Christ! Yep. What if those beat out? <laughs> Blue City Cobra and shanghai surprise (laughs) of course cobra because they (laughs) because they they fucking hate sylvester they just punch sylvester stallone right in the dick as much as they can yeah um so worst actor goes to prince in under the cherry moon okay uh beating out of course sylvester stallone sean penn judd nelson and emilio estevez neither for uh no breakfast club was a year before wasn't it yeah sure was Yeah. yeah okay uh worst actress goes to madonna in Shanghai Surprise. Beating yeah, that makes him. Yep. Bassinger, Joan Chen, Bridget Nielsen, and Ali Sheedy. I take it. Uh, that's what Sean Penn's nominated for to Shanghai Surprise. Uh, yes, sir. Okay. Uh, worst supporting actor goes to Jerome Benton in Under the Cherry Moon. Okay. Uh, beating out Tim Robbins in Howard the Duck, Peter O'Toole, uh, Brian Thompson, and Scott Wilson. Uh, worst supporting actress <laughs> goes to Dom DeLouise in drag in haunted honeymoon because of course, uh, beating out Louise Fletcher, uh, Zelda Rubenstein, which fuck you, uh, Beatrice straight and, uh, Kristen Scott Thomas. What did Zelda Rubenstein get nominated for? Poltergeist Two. poltergeist. Oh, two. Okay. <laughs> yeah. Fuck that. <laughs> uh, worst director goes to Prince for Prince. under oh, the cherry yeah. moon. Uh, Beating Jim Goddard for Shanghai, William. Please tell me that's not his real name. I or uh, Willard hyuk Yuck. Oh, yeah. yuck. Hyuk. 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 H-U-Y-C-K for Howard yeah. the Duck. House of Goofy. <laughs> <laughs> <Directed Hyuk. Duck. laughs> you really <laughs> hooked up Uh Stephen King and Michelle Manning. We're a screenplay Wait, Worst to- director. Yeah, that was Worst Director. So Stephen King got nominated for uh, Maximum Overdrive. <laughs> yes, he did. <laughs> <laughs> the greatest film of all time. <laughs> um, worst replay goes to Howard the Duck, uh, beating Cobra, nine and a half weeks, Shag and I Surprise, and Under the Cherry Moon. Nine Wor- and a half weeks? Yeah. Really? Yeah. Hmm. I, I love that film. Okay, go on. Yeah. I've not heard of that one. It's it's a it's it's based off a David Mamet play called Sexual Perversity in Chicago. It's it's pretty much Rob Lowe and Demi Moore having sex for like uh, an hour and a half. That sounds good. Yeah, I watched that <laughs> in 1986, so you know they're both hot as hell. <laughs> All right. <laughs> Worst new star goes to The Six Guys and Gals in the Duck Suit and Howard the Duck. <laughs>
1: <laughs> all at once jesus <laughs> christ <laughs> <laughs>
0: this fuck the, fuck. what the fuck kind of nomination is that <laughs> and this is why i love the razzies because you can't take it seriously also uh, also kind of why i hate them yeah exactly <laughs> uh joan chen for taipan uh mitch gaylord in american anthem Kristen scott thomas known as the cherry moon and brian thompson in cobra Worst original song goes to Love or Money from Under the Cherry Moon. Jesus. Uh, beating out Howard the Duck. I Do What I Do from Nine and a Half Weeks. Life in a Looking Glass from That's Life and Shanghai Surprise. Uh, worst visual effects go to Howard the Duck. Howard the Duck. Uh, beating out Invaders from Mars. Oh, And King Kong Lives. Okay, that's fair. And Worst Career Achievement Award was given out this year (laughs) to Bruce the Rubber Shark from Jaws, Jaws 2, (laughs) and Jaws 3D. (laughs) Oh, man, they gave it to Bruce the Rubber Shark three years before he really deserved it. So that is the Razzies of that year. Okay, It's like, fuck, fuck you, Prince. And also, fuck you, Sylvester's Love. Mm. Yeah. All, All right. All right. So let's go ahead and get into our worsty judgments. Mm. All right, Joe. So you know the spiel here. First question for you is, does this movie deserve Best Picture?
2: Um, I don't know enough about the other nominees. I think I've only seen one other nominee. Um Paul, can you can you rattle those off real quick or is that uh, possible? Real quick,
0: it was uh children of a lesser god, Hannah and her sisters, the mission in a room with a view.
2: Um, I think I've only of those seen a room with a view. Um I would say yeah. I would say this this is a strong contender. Um and watching it, um I definitely understand why the Academy picked it. So, yeah, I would say yes. Just based on the one other nominee that I've seen.
0: All right. Um, so I'm kind of with you, except I haven't even seen A Room with a View. Um, and honestly, 1986, not the best movie in, or year in film. There is yeah. a lot of that 80s comedy that's just kind of not great this year. Um, but that being said, we got an American tale. We got the transformers movie and we got flight to the fucking navigator from 1986. Yeah. It was the touch in best original song. Exactly. You got the touch. <laughs> you got, got the, the power. power. <laughs> When all so, hell's breaking loose, and you're right in the eye of the stuff. Okay, I'm done. <laughs> no, you're fine. No, it's deserved. <laughs> <laughs> but, yeah, can you can't um, Yeah, you're not fucking wrong, dude. Right? <laughs> right? <laughs> I'm now pissed. <laughs> yeah, Fuck yeah. this. <laughs> um, so, other than that, yeah, and also, uh, Stand by Me also came out this year. I'm surprised yeah. that got barely anything. So, it, it got it got a screenplay nomination. It did, but that's it. Like, a lot of weird choices this year. It, But it, like it's oh, and of course, I think there's another movie, but I'm going to let Paul talk about that because I'm sure it'll come up. If it um, doesn't, you'll have to pick it up for me. Okay, let me make a note here that says, why did Paul not obviously bring up this movie? Okay. Um. So with that said, I have not seen any of the other nominees. I've seen Platoon and Platoon does deserve this fucking best picture um, because it's a, it's not one of those movies that I want to say is necessary because I am very much a, I don't want to talk about and see disturbing things because I don't like to dive down that hole let me live in my fucking bubble please but it it, it did happen and it it I'm glad it did so yeah <laughs> I'm not even going to fucking... no. Uh, Joe just uh, put in chat, i muted because I be farting. <laughs> and uh, I feel like people need to know. He's fucking rolling over there. No information. He's, We're just uh, putting that on blast? Yeah, man. Yeah, oh, yeah, 100%. Just <laughs> like Actually, you're just stinking up Manny's we keep, house. We, yeah, we <laughs> keep it real around here. Fucking have Manny open up the we, door behind you. Be like, the fuck? We got to let friend of the podcast, Manny Classic, know what's going on in his house. (laughs) (laughs) All right. Um, So, yeah, that's my answer. Yes, it does deserve best picture. Zach. Hi. Hey, buddy. How you doing? I'm all right. You going to talk to us about Robotech? Robotech. (laughs) (laughs) I like Robotech. Sorry, I just got on a drum roll there. So if that just showed up in the pod, I'm so sorry, everybody. I'm good. Okay, sorry.
1: So you're asking me if this deserves best picture, huh? Um, I've seen I've seen four of the five nominees. I was not able to watch Children of a Lester God. Uh so refer to Paul for that one. (laughs) He's blinking mightily as he looks at me. So um so I'll I'll do the thing where I rank the other ones that I've seen. Um a room with a view has been while since I've seen it. I wasn't able to watch it this week, but I have seen it before, and I like it. It's uh, quaint in a way, if I recall. (laughs) Uh, You know, prettily made, well-written. The Mission, (laughs) a fucking difficult movie. Uh, Talk about, you know, shit that'll leave you depressed. Um, Really good, though. Um... Hannah and Her Sisters would be my top of the other nominees. I'm not going to give too many praises to Albie Singer, other than saying it's probably in my top five of his movies. Uh, That said, of the nominees, yes, I would give it to Platoon. I think it deserves Best Picture over these others. Uh, I, I did watch Down by Law for the first time this week. Yeah! So... (laughs) <laughs> Paul you go grab your criterion there please so I can that's
0: right you know a, I'm going on the drink. Jarmusch <laughs>
1: mm-hmm. he had a, a double movie year for him he put out uh, coffee and cigarettes too um, at
0: least at least one of the shorts oh yes I probably the uh, uh, I, I don't know which one he did that year maybe, maybe it was the one with uh... God I'm trying to think of all of every, every short in that film and I can't think of which one would be 86 Sinke Lee Sin Lee, maybe i don't know
1: yeah, shout out tarkovsky's uh sacrifice my personal favorite year uh movie of my birth year castle in the sky you know mm-hmm. that yeah. I, I love that movie love me Miyazaki. yeah mm-hmm. um i am a big fan of stand by me as well um but that all uh, let me wrap this up by saying blue velvet was the best movie of the year and uh Probably should have won because it's wacky and wild and Oliver Stone. He won director, right? Yep. Uh, Mm Could have gone to Lynch.
0: Uh, Before you move over to Paul, Mm -hmm. I do want to bring a shout out to another movie that came out in 1986 that needs to be recognized um, because uh, it was the reason why the, one of the artists of our wonderful logo a Miss Megan Bellevue was named from the My Little Pony the movie. Yay! Because I loved that movie so much as a kid and when my mom wanted me to find figure out a name for my sister, I said Megan. Even though the girl's name is Megan, is because of that movie. Nice. So, yes. Figured that needed to get popped out there.
1: Fair. I also want to say I, I'm, I wanted to watch Sid and Nancy this week because Paul, you gave me that copy and I haven't watched it yet.
0: Oh, you need to watch it. I will. I will. Uh, oh. That was the movie I was talking about, by the way, Paul. It's it's my favorite film of this year, so yeah, I, I was going to bring yeah. it up. Oh. I figured you were. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't get to watch it this week, but I, I watched it recently, mm-hmm. so I'm not too sad. Sure. Yeah. All uh, right, well, Paul. All right. Um, okay, I'm not going to fuck around this week. Platoon is the only film that I think deserved to be nominated out of these five, let alone, yes, it should have won out of these five. Ooh, uh, nice. I think a lot of these films are fine I don't think any of these films were close to the best picture of 1986, except for platoon, which rules. Uh I'll go ahead and rank them real quick, but know that my highest ranking on any of these four is three and a half. Now, Uh just out of curiosity, is that just because of these films or is it compared to other films throughout the year? I, I think, I think it's one because of these films and two, because I think there's much better films. Okay. Okay, But like I said, I, I found most of these films hard to sit through, let alone pay attention to. Um, uh, We'll start with my least favorite of the year. Uh, Joe, I'm going to steal something that you just put in the chat. Children of a Lesser God. (laughs) Nice. Uh, This movie sucks. I hate it. (laughs) Thanks, I hate it. Um, It is uh an ableist savior movie and i fucking don't like it uh marley <laughs> Matten is amazing in it and certainly deserves best actress uh and in this category yeah uh she she's the best one of these five so yeah she rules in that movie but the movie is trash uh sure. watch some clips for her on youtube on how good she is don't watch the movie it's terrible okay uh it's school for the deaf and uh, a, a teacher with the ability to hear comes in and makes everything better for everyone. Mm. Wow. Also, it's a film. It's a film where a lot of it is done in sign language and we have to hear William Hurt translate every Fucking line of sign language. Give me subtitles, you pieces of shit. <laughs> I would like to watch just two people yell at each other in sign language. I don't like this movie. I do not like this movie. Okay, the rest of these I think are fine. We'll start with mm-hmm. my number three, which I think is going to be a room with view. <laughs> it's it is very Merchant Ivory. Uh, it's old mm-hmm. Merchant and James Ivory. Uh, it is very much a Merchant Ivory film. It's very British. Uh, there's a lot more wang in it than I thought there was going to be. Just lots of penises flopping <laughs> around. Did <laughs> not expect that. Oh. And she's adorable in this film. Hmm. And it's got a very young um, Daniel Day-Lewis, too, uh, who yeah. I really like. And oh is my God. Is it his God. wang? I can't remember. He is one of the three wangs you see in this Christ. movie. All in the same scene. And they just chase each other around <laughs> naked. It's really weird. <laughs> um also um dame judy dench is in this film so she gets two of those stars on her lonesome
1: mm-hmm.
0: and she in her way yeah, and her the wang, largest one in oh yeah wang, she sure. just and she just smacks everybody in the face with it because she can uh dame her maggie was smith a view of <laughs> yeah dame wang. maggie smith also very good in this film uh my number two is going to be the mission which I found extremely boring for about the first hour. Uh, and then when it really kind of kicks into what it's trying to say and do, it's like, all right, yeah, colonialism sucks. So oh, no. I'll, I'll give you a pass there. And then it ends very horribly. Uh, sorry. It's a very good ending that is horrible. <laughs> gotcha. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> My question is, does Jeremy Irons ever voiced a pirate? Because you know. think that would be a fucking perfect casting, Why? right? He has this. is? This needs to be a thing. Didn't he play a uh, hook and something? He might. No. Have. I don't know. Yeah, no, I don't think so. He's I, I just I feel like that's something that should have happened. I'm very angry if it hasn't. So yeah. uh get on it, Jeremy Irons. You're running out of time. You are. Do it. Uh because he was looking Rather frail in House of Gucci. Mm. Okay, so uh, I guess that leaves Albie Singer's Hannah and her sisters at my number one, mostly because I really like the performances in it. And while I don't think Michael kane should have won Best actor Supporting Actor, and I don't think Diane Weiss should have won Best Supporting Actress, I really like their performances in this film. But fuck, I, that is a cast. It is a very good cast. I actually just found Michael Caine's entire plotline bad. Mm. He's doing a lot of good work with it, but I think his plotline's terrible. Uh, It's like Alan Rickman in Love Actually. It's like, that's the one bad plotline from the one great person in there. See, and I think the worst plotline of that film is, um, oh, I can't even think of his name. He won Best Actor for King's Speech. Um, Birth? Colin yeah. Firth his, his plot line is garbage he, I mean his is just a bad boy his his is a trash heap and a half yeah um anyway so I don't think any of these films are worth best picture though uh, none of these should have been nominated especially in the year with Blue Velvet which rules Aliens which rules Sid Nancy which rules uh, Stand yep. By Me Stand By Me that's such a good film that uh, if it doesn't happen we don't get the Shawshank Redemption mm-hmm. um uh Back to School. Back to School. Great. Uh, (laughs) Star Trek. Star Trek 4. Little Shop of Horrors. Little Shop of Horrors should have been nominated for Best Picture. That film is fucking incredible. The Fly. David (laughs) Cronenberg's The Fly. fly. (laughs) Cronenberg will never be fucking like the Academy just (laughs) yeah, no, they I mean, he, some of his films get
2: I'm glad it got. Eastern promises didn't he do? I I was gonna say his
0: early 2000s work starts to get some Oscar recognition, but he's Uh still not like there. And Legend, Legend is one of my all-time. Listen, I love Legend, but Legend is one of those movies that uh, is—is it as good as you remember? Yes, it is. I've watched. I've watched it recently. Okay, incredibly good. Um, Yeah, uh, I just. There's so much better film in 86 that yeah. this weak-ass category really pisses me off. There's just but, so much bad in 86. I feel like the Academy went down this route of, with all of this 80s comedy that came out this year, that's just absolute garbage. They had to, like, French up the Oscars a little bit. And <laughs> and honestly, like, you go down this list, and this this is the kind of list of film that people can easily point to and be like, this is what and this is why I don't watch the Oscars.
1: Right. Because
0: yeah. we've got uh, a tepid British romance, we have the the historical drama, the mission, we have the highbrow dramedy with Hannah and her sisters, we have the ableist uh often white savior bullshit movie, and mm-hmm. then we got then we got a war film. Like this is this is <laughs> <laughs> this is the year that screams why people don't pay attention to the Oscars. Anyway, X the Unheard Music came out that year. Oh, okay. About Manhunter. Yeah, the David Lynch that. snub of just perpetually like he highly underappreciated. Yeah, no, the Oscars. I mean, this is the second time he's been nominated for best director and yeah, you know, just fucking screwed out of it by I don't know. I really like Platoon. I love Platoon. It deserves best picture. It's great. I gave it five stars. I love this film. It's all just because everybody thinks David Lynch is yelling at them. (laughs) All right.
1: Blue Skies internally.
0: All along the way. (laughs) All right. Joe, so here's the other question for you. Is this the worst best picture? Hell no. Hell no. No? No. no. Yeah. Didn't think so. Um, and I believe we asked you before, was it uh, Green Book was your worst best picture? Is that correct? Absolutely. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. All right. Good call. Um, I'm going to agree with you. This is not the worst best picture. This is my number 16 Ooh. in between Gandhi and Rocky. Nice. Yeah. Zach. Yeah. Is this the worst best picture?
1: Oh, no. Sticking with the stinky elephant shit on The Greatest Show on Earth. It's like 30 weeks running or more. Um, I'm looking at my top 20 right now. It's going to be sitting in there somewhere. I just got to pick the spot. Mm, mm. (sighs) You know what? I'm going to put it at number 17. Right behind All Quiet on the Western Front, because why not? They can buddy up together and destroy people there you go nice yeah
0: i mean a lack of hooray bubbles but you know <laughs> paul is this the worst best picture not even by a long shot this uh, uh i have this nestled in a spot that uh is much more generous than you to the gentleman at number Ooh. 10 oh i have it right what under it push on, out? i have it right under on the waterfront and it just pushed out mrs miniver Ooh, that's Ooh, that yeah i got mm. mrs miniver
1: at my number 10 i that's to, at
0: my number six still yeah i'm sad Ooh. to see it go but yeah man, like you know the thing i look for most in a film is did the film do what a film meant to do mm-hmm. this film wants to make you uncomfortable and smack you in the face with atrocity and holy shit did it do it well <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I mean, all right so i'm just not to make you change your list or try to convince you in any way but do you remember the scene in the shack? Yeah. Oh yeah. I universe, remember. So okay. believe me <laughs> while I was ranking this, that's all I could think of was that that still breaks my heart. But at the same time, I'm so unnerved by platoon. And the fact that I've been watching this movie for over 20 years and I can pick it up again and just be just as unnerved as I was 20 years ago. Mm-hmm. I think that says a lot that I knew the twist and turns of this film. And I st- Still just felt that knot in my stomach. Fair enough. Yeah. All right. Well, Joe, thank you again for joining us, sir. Yeah, thank, thank you, you for having me. Yeah. It's a pleasure. It, anything funny. you'd like to plug
2: mm-hmm. while you're here? I would like to plug um, my, my friend's podcast, um, Oscar Worsty. Check it out. It's um, anywhere <laughs> where you can get podcasts. Uh, so, yeah.
0: All right. Sweet. Well, I'll, I'll check them out at some point. I don't listen to them often. Yeah, I, I heard one of those guys like cats. So Yeah. <laughs> kind of ruins the whole thing for everybody. <laughs> All right. Well, we will go ahead and call it there. My name is Jonathan Pierce. You can find me on Twitter, on the <clears throat> excuse me, on the Twitch, on the TikToks, and on Letterbox at Altorn underscore Occam. Zach, where can we find you?
1: You can find me on Critiker Zackmaster X A K K M A S T E R, TikTok, at House Havoc, or Letterboxd. Search by my name, Mr. Workman.
0: You can find me at Father's Fear across the platforms of Twitter, Instagram, TikTok, and Letterboxd, where I keep a running tally of all the films that I watch. And this week, me and Joe watched Ron's Gone Wrong. <laughs> we sure did. We watched Ron's Gone Wrong. Uh, and that. That movie made bullying way too funny. (laughs) Why was the bullying so funny? Oh, my God. There is a whole running joke around the hashtag poop girl. Yeah. That should not be as funny as it They they try
2: to make an emotional beat out of it, but it's too late. We're already laughing at poop girl.
0: And then they immediately, like, undercut the emotional beat by having somebody off screen go, hey, I think that was poop girl.
2: Nice. (laughs) Wow. Yeah. Um. Um, Better than Dune, I think, actually. I mean, Surprisingly. <laughs> it's, not a, it's not a high bar,
0: but... Not a very high bar at all. Um, anyway, Ron's God Rock. Uh, it's going to be on Disney Plus on the 50th. See it? Maybe? I don't know. <laughs> Watch it for Poop Girl. Poop Girl. Hashtag Poop Girl.
1: Do it for Poop Girl.
0: <sighs> I'm telling you, it's... Tub Girl, poop. she... No. <laughs> Hey, if you listen
2: if you listen to this uh, hashtag Oscar Worstie
0: hashtag poop girl, tag yes. us. Also, um, I'm tired of hearing the song "We Will Rock You" in movies. I want to retired. This movie had the best use of "We Will Rock You" I've ever seen in a movie. <laughs> nice. <laughs> All right, what are we watching? What next? are we watching next week, Zach?
1: <laughs> next week we are watching The Last Emperor, which you can rent on Amazon or Vudu or stream on that HBO Max
0: Nice. Yeah. I'm excited me too yeah. oh. I get to do what I haven't done in a while watch batteries not included breakout of criteria nice. gulp gulp <laughs> okay. oh I'm so excited to talk about the most overrated film of all time next week we'll make that the cliffhanger goofy oh. movie fight you, you <laughs> son of a bitch Cat's rules. We would like to thank Trav for our sister podcast loving up with Benjamin Banks for producing our show. We would like to thank Chad Ramsey for our most excellent theme song. We would like to thank Megan and Jay of you for our beautiful artwork. You can follow the show on Twitter and Instagram at Oscar the Pod and on Facebook at the Oscar the Podcast. Don't forget to subscribe to the podcast and leave us a nice five-star review on Apple Podcasts or Stitcher. It really helps to make us seem more visible in that almighty algorithm. Uh, <laughs> Tracks of my algorithm, God, algorithm. <laughs> Make me cry <laughs> For Joseph Tafia, Jonathan Zach And Sergeant Barnes Who's the only one who can kill Barnes Is Barnes We would like for you all to have a damn fine day